0: Welcome everyone, happy Tuesday. My name is Meg and I'm here as part of Power to Fly's virtual hosting team. As always, I am super excited to be um, in, in a conversation with y'all today and ready and raring to go to introduce you to the amazing Olive team um, and get you uh, you know, kind of learning from uh, Liza. So before we get started, I do just have like a real quick um, housekeeping overview for y'all. So um, what we're gonna do here is like, you know, like all of our, our virtual events, today is all about you. It's about our participants, our community members, and we wanna make sure that time spent with Powerfly is well worth it. So if you would like to get more participatory and more interactive with today, we absolutely encourage that. Um, you are more than welcome to turn your cameras on so we can share and uh, see your smiling, maskless faces safely. Um, I know that I really appreciate seeing new faces, especially as quarantine you know passes the one year mark. Um, so please feel free to do that. Um, messy buns, furry coworkers, non-traditional office spaces, all of this is greatly encouraged. Um, I think this might be the first time I've showered in like five days. So, you know, please, please, please do not feel like you are, you know, unpresentable or not Insta-perfect. Please feel free like you can join us. Um, if you have any kind of privacy concerns, you will not show up on today's, um, or today's recording or our live stream of this session unless you come off mute. So, regardless of whether your camera's on or off, you, no one will know you were here as long as you don't come off mute to participate. Now, you are encouraged to, if you'd like to ask a question, add comment, or if we go over one of your questions, you can add context to the question. Um, but if you, so, you know, please feel free to do so. Until you are either actively speaking, um, make sure that you stay on mute. It's a really great way so we can um, maintain audio clarity on the call. You'll see me going on and off mute a lot because I have two flat faced dogs that sleep under my desk and the snoring definitely gets on minor. So I wanna make sure nobody else has to listen to that. Um, So if you do wanna participate but you either don't have audio capabilities or you just don't wanna come off mute because you don't wanna show up, that's fine. You can still participate by putting any questions, comments or context into the Zoom group chat. And if you are in Black Ops deep cover and don't want anyone to know you're here, no worries. You can still participate by DMing me. So in that group chat, instead of sending it to everyone, you'll click that drop-down menu and search for my name, Meg Power to Fly, um, and send the question, comment, or context to me. I'll make sure it's raised and keep you anonymous. Um, like I said, today's session is being recorded. We're also live streaming to our YouTube channel um, as well as to our website, or I'm sorry, we're gonna post the recording on our website. And if you, um, if you want everybody that registered for today's session, whether you joined us or not, Uh, regardless of whether you come and stay for five minutes, stay for the full 60, doesn't matter. Everyone that registers will get a link um, in an email in about one to two business days to where you can rewatch this chat. Now, if Liza says something amazingly mind-blowing, you have to share it right then. No worries. Um, You can always take video and photo as we go and share them to social media. Um, We love to share the love and let people know, know that this is a resource that they too can take advantage of. You can tag us if you like. We're at Power to Fly on all social media channels, um, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And you can always use the hashtag PowerToFly. So that way we can make sure that we see it. And if possible, we can feature you in one of our upcoming posts. Um, So like I said, if you do want to you want to see that recording even faster than one to two days, no worries. You can head over to our YouTube channel um, where the link will or the, uh, the recording will be live, usually within about five to 10 minutes of the end of today's session. And um, it's always shareable, obviously. I also recommend that you follow our Power to Fly YouTube channel, um, just because that way you don't miss out on any great chats like today, and you don't necessarily have to clutter up your inbox. Um, So it's a really great way to make sure that you don't miss any any great learning opportunities with us. Um, As a, let's see, what else do we have? Recordings, coming off mute. Yeah, Um, we'll go over the questions in just a second, but I would love to introduce you to our speaker. Um, To start us off here, let me move the slides. There we go. Okay, so um, I would love to introduce you to Liza Lewis. Liza is the Director of Human Operations for Olive. Liza is focused on putting the human back in human resources and is driven to provide support for others. Outside of work, Eliza enjoys golfing with her husband, taking walks with her dog and her son, and baking tasty treats for the epic parties she likes to plan. So hopefully we'll get back to planning those epic parties soon, Eliza. Um, there anything that you'd like to add to that intro? Um,
1: no, I'm just really, really excited to be here. And I really, really appreciate the opportunity to um, answer some of these questions. So thank you so much, Meg.
0: You're welcome. Um, Joining Liza, I'm so sorry, joining Liza from Olive, we also have Chase McCants. Um, Chase is the Director of Employee Development and Engagement for Olive. Um, He's passionate about Columbus, Ohio's growing startup community and has appeared on multiple discussion panels and led talks on interviewing, recruiting, company culture and development. Outside of work, Chase has spent almost two decades working with multiple theater companies, singing with two rock bands, very cool and spending far too much time in the cinema. So welcome, Chase.
2: Thank you so much. Really excited to chat with all y'all about authenticity and all the good stuff that goes with it. Awesome.
0: Okay. Um, so before we jump into the questions, um, oh, I'm so sorry. I just realized I never flipped to your slide. I'm so sorry, Chase. Um, So that's Chase's slide in case y'all missed it. Um, So before we jump into questions, I just want to flag something here. Um, So Olive is hiring. So one thing i want to flag for y'all is that if you over the course of today's session um or even just during if you're you know kind of curious about olive as a company i definitely recommend you take a look at their page on powerfly.com now i'm going to send you a link in the chat in just a moment to show you where you can it will be a link where you can go to see this page um if you if you migrate over there what you'll see is like you can see on the screen there's going to be a company info tab which is where you can learn more about olive um, you can check on the events tab, which, which will show you past events that they've taken part in, like today, um, but it'll also show you events that they're going to participate in in the future, like our virtual summits, our job fairs, our, um, our, chat or our office hour sessions, all that kind of fun stuff. And then there's also a tab where you can check out Olive's open roles. Now, at the top of that screen, before you, you know, navigate any further, there's at the top right, there's going to be a big pink follow button. If you are at all interested in working with Olive or even just wanna stay up to date on you know, new information or new events they're taking, they're taking part in, I definitely recommend that you hit that follow button. It's gonna put you on something called their follow network. Now this works for you at, in two different ways. It, kind of, it works as your friend at the company um, in that it tells the Olive team that you are very interested in working with them. Um, this is a great way to make sure that you keep tabs or that Olive keeps tabs on you, even if there's nothing that you wanna apply for right now and especially if you do apply for a job um, with Olive, it definitely tells Olive that you are one of the very motivated um, job seekers and just kind of gives you a little bit of an extra bump. Um, it's also a great place, it, what kind of works for you um, as your friend at the company, like I said, that kind of gives Olive AI a, like a great impression of you and is like, hey, this person's really interested. But it also works as your friend in that it will, it, puts, it gives you alerts when they post new roles. So it's uh, it's a really great way to make sure that you stay up to date on their current jobs without feeling like you have to constantly go back and recheck job boards that sometimes never seem to change. Um, So definitely take advantage of that, especially if you're interested, but there's nothing that you want to apply for right now. It is a great tool to have in your toolbox with Power to Fly. Um, You can follow as many companies as you like on Power to Fly, and you can follow and unfollow at will as often as you like. So please, please feel free to take advantage of that great tool that we have for you. Um, so before we jump into questions, last thing, um, I'm going to show you two slides here that have the bulk of the questions that we're going to try and go over on today's session. Now, what we did is we took all the questions that y'all pre-submitted before today's, um, you know, when you registered and we've kind of, we've condensed them, we've arranged them into a bit of a conversational format. I'm going to go to the next slide here and we're going to try and get to all these, but obviously there's a ton of questions and we may not be able to get to all of them. If you, um, if one of your questions is here and you're worried that we won't get to it, please, please feel free to either come off mute or put your question into the chat. Um, You just, you know, if you took time out of your day to join us, you definitely deserve prime treatment. So please feel free to do that. Um, This will also give you a rough idea of what we're gonna cover in that if you have a question but it's one that we are gonna cover, then you don't have to worry about raising it. But I mean, it never hurts. Please feel free to send your questions. Let me, you know, make sure that we're not asking duplicates. And you can also make sure that either you raise your question higher, or you can save your question for maybe a set, like if we move into a different area during today's session, um, that might, you know, it might be a better fit for and flow more naturally. Um, Otherwise, please, please, please feel free to submit questions um, and make sure that you get the most out of today's session. So to get us started here, and for um, for Chase and Liza, I'm going to direct questions to both of you, so please feel free to you know, step in as you like, um, and then we will go from there. So to get us started here, um, this first person had asked, how do you become strong in your identity? How do I fit in without losing my identity? And I feel like this can be really important, not only for new um you know people new to the job market or new to a specific industry but i feel like it's also a thing with um you know more seasoned individuals who either haven't felt like their company culture really encourages that identity like building or identity development um it could also be really true of people who maybe didn't have this upbringing you know what i mean it wasn't really something that was talked about early on in their careers um so liza and or chase how would you address this question
1: I. I really like this question a lot. Um, I, it, it really made me think about my own journey and you know how I've gotten to be myself in the workplace. And I think about two things. One thing is building relationships with people who do know you in the workplace. You do not get that very often. Um, you will cross paths, cross paths with people sometimes and you're like, they just get me. They get me. And it makes you feel really good about yourself. And it makes you feel like, okay, you know what? Not everyone's going to get me, but this person does. And it really drives you to a place of, okay, I'm going to own who I am. And I'm just going to be myself because you know what? There's another one that is similar to me or gets what I, where I'm coming from. The other thing that I think has really helped me be myself is, is honestly making mistakes. Um, you know, and being able to take a step back, you don't always get there. And sometimes it takes longer than other times to get there. But, you know, you, you make a mistake, and you're like, wow, what, why did I do that? What was making me think that? And a lot of times, I think, for me, mistakes that I've made um, is because I, I didn't know what I needed to do. I didn't know who I was yet. And that drove, drove me to a place to realize, okay, I know who I am now. I know how I would navigate that situation differently in the future. And so that's really how I'd be able to like, find my identity is just you know someone like chase for example chase and I met randomly two years ago and we instantly clicked and I did he did everything to get me to come to work with him and I did everything I could to get him to come to work with me because we were friends we're friends we're, you know, we're not just work best friends, but we're, friend, we're best friends outside of work, and that's been an amazing opportunity, and I think both of us just really were driven to be ourselves when we first met, and it was the best thing that has ever happened, honestly, and I have a lot of people in my life that I met at work, people from 10 years ago that I met that I still talk to today from work. And they've helped me maintain my identity. They've helped me grow in my inde- identity as well.
2: Uh, Chase? You aren't... supposed. You weren't supposed to tell people that, but we do know. <laughs> I
1: uh, tell people that.
2: <laughs> we know who the better recruiter out of the two of us, <laughs> who the, out of the two of us is. Um, you know, I, I think so. This will probably come up uh, uh, throughout the conversation uh, because I don't think that there is a, a single point that I can point to. So we'll we'll go over a series of these. But you know, uh, so I'm Chase. I'm a black gay dude, right? And you can obviously see that I'm black, but it, it's not always necessarily, uh, you know. Uh, It's not always uh, um, apparent that I'm gay, right? And I, when I saw this question, um, again, there are lots of points of this, but I remember back when I was a teenager, um, my I came out to my mom. uh, uh, You know, uh, not not out of a choice. She found out uh, that I was gay, and I remember the hesitancy that she had in trying to cope with it because I'm sure she never imagined that her son would be gay, and it wasn't that she was. Angry or upset, but she just didn't know how to approach it because I think she spent most of her life thinking, "How do I, you know, teach my son uh, to be good to women?" Right, and so we we navigate. We were both really, really careful in how we navigated it to the point where I was getting frustrated. It was becoming tiring trying to delicately approach this. Right, so I thought this. I am going to act like my homosexuality is completely normal, which it is, right? But in conversation, we're just not going to be delicate about it. I am just going to come as who I am. We're going to talk about the dates that I go on with guys as if it's very regular, and it worked. And then all of a sudden I didn't have to devote so much energy to tiptoeing or trying to be something that I wasn't. And I think that stayed with me for most of my career. Again, there are other small moments that made this more okay but I think that was the biggest one. When I come to work, it, it takes a lot of energy for me to pretend to be something that I'm not. And I hate it, right? I hate having to do that. But what I found was as soon as I dropped that guard, I still have respect for people. I never, you know, say I'm going to be so authentic that I am going to bother people or make it so that they can't be themselves. But what I found is that when I'm myself, when I can show people who I am, uh, they tend to be okay with that, right? Uh, they tend to be okay with me being goofy, um, uh, to, you know, dealing with my weirdness, as I like to say, and they embrace it. And I think that that's true with, with a lot of folks. If you bring yourself to work, um, your authentic self, right? And, and you will find that people will accept you. I, I think Liza has a really great point. You tend to find people who are much like you and they will embrace you, right? And that is where the strength comes in. Part of it is the the, the fearlessness, or at least the the uh, 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 attempt at being fearless and bringing your authentic self, but having that supported by people who care about you, who care about your growth, who care about you being authentic at work. You know, Liza is, is again, a, a, one of my very, very best friends. Um, and she has often been a support for me, whether it was me working at my old organization or here at, at, at Olive. And I don't think that we would have been able to come to that if I pretended to be something that I wasn't, or I didn't approach her of um, being uh, who I am. Now, how do you fit in without losing that? Remember that you are, I'm gonna go into my um, uh, Mr. Rogers uh, uh, space, but, but you're special, right? Even if there's someone who's somewhat like you, you are still an individual. And that is a treasure to any organization. One of, and we'll talk about this too, but one of the strengths of having a diverse workforce is being able to approach an issue or a problem or a solution with a bunch of different perspectives, right? And, and that becomes a strength. So never think about, you know, uh, uh, well, I can't bring this part of me to work. You should always reinforce your identity. You should never lose that because that is your strength. That is the strength of the organization that you work for. The question is does the workforce or the company that you work for see it that way? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah. No, I absolutely
0: love that, Chase. And it really reminds me strongly of a chat we had yesterday um, where we talked a little bit about this, these two women were talking about being um, a woman in sales as well as a woman in a male-dominated industry because these people were in construction um and like the tech behind it and so it was really interesting to hear them talk about how like if you're a woman you can you're trying to obviously like break down some stereotypes a little bit and you don't want to be perceived as you know like the girly one or not fitting in with the rest of the group but you're right like even if there's somebody else there that has on paper you know kind of experienced a lot of the same things or um it comes from the same like background as you you've both still navigated the world differently. So there is importance there, but it's also really like, I loved how you said you acted like it was normal because it is, you know, don't borrow trouble for yourself. If you go in with that idea or that attitude that there's, you're going to be met with resistance, there's nothing wrong with being prepared for it. But if you display that attitude, it can sometimes give people or seemingly give people permission to make like have a problem with it. Whereas if you go in like with the, the openness and attitude of like, well, this is fine then if somebody were to bring a little bit of that, like, either negative or not inclusive energy, that puts you in a much stronger position, because, yeah, you, you were hoping you wouldn't experience it, but you're prepared for it, and you can come from a place of, well, why does this bother you? Why is this such a problem when, you know, this does not make me an outlier, this is a normal thing for people, you know, for, like, this is a normal... Um, how do I say this, like a normal difference that people will have. I'm not the only person in the world that has purple hair. So why do you have a huge problem with it? You know, it doesn't, you know, especially when you can default to, well, this obviously doesn't like, you know, impact my ability to work or your ability to, to, you know, work with me, it shouldn't. So why is it, you know, why are you letting, you know, why are you coming up with that problem or letting this be a, a, you know, a a stumbling point for our, our work? Um, yeah, I love this. Okay, so it looks like we might have lost Liza, but in case, oh, there she is. There's Liza. We got her back. Um, so, so sorry. I'm going to go on. I'm going to ask the next question and go on mute because we've got a leaf blower that's going at my next door. Um, so let's go into this next question. This person wanted to know, what's the difference between being our authentic selves versus having a work self? Chase, you want to go
2: yeah, go. Yeah, I can go for this one. So, you know, here's the thing. I think I, I do this. Um, let me see if this makes any kind of sense. So I I'm an actor, right? But there's a difference between a character and a persona, and I use persona a lot. And, uh, and per- characters are people who are completely different from you. You take them on and you try to portray them. But personas are usually extensions of who you are with just a few things that are modified, right? So I use this a lot because I'm afraid of public speaking. Ha, we're here. I am actively avoiding looking at how many people are here because I can pretend like it's a conversation between me, Liza, uh, and, and the folks over at Power to Fly, right? That That's that's all I can think of. But But basically, you're getting me except I am saying, Uh, uh, Chase likes to talk to people in front of large crowds. That is my persona, right? But I'm still bringing my authentic self to work. I think that's okay, right? I think we build personas to protect ourselves in certain ways or make up for where we may lack as far as our job goes. Um, I train people a whole lot. And so public speaking is absolutely part of what I have to do every day. Now, is that my authentic self? Yeah, mostly, except for the part where it terrifies me to talk to people that I don't know. And I think that's okay. Where it becomes a problem is when your persona starts becoming more like a character. You're taking on traits that are no longer, you know, extensions of who you are, but instead they become something else completely. And I don't want to talk for other folks, but again, this is tiring. It takes a lot of energy um, to put on that mask every day. And so when we say, you know, bring your authentic self to work, we want you to mostly be who you are. That way you can um, you know, help our, our company or any company, given all your intricacies and, and your, your random knowledge that can help the organization um, so that you can collaborate with people in a way that's effective. But you know, it's okay to have a persona where you tweak it, right? So for me, it's pretending that I'm not actually afraid of public speaking. And, and it works really, really well, but you have to be careful. Because if you make too many tweaks, then you're no longer yourself. And and that becomes tiring after a while. And that's when you look at things like burnout, where you don't enjoy your company as much as you like, you don't enjoy your work as much as you like. So for me, those are kind of the differences. Now, you know, do I have a work self that, that I'm completely different? No, you're, you're going to get me. Uh, 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 and, and that's one thing I'm unapologetic about because I can't take on a character uh, uh, at work anymore. It, it's it's too much. And and I tend to not enjoy it, uh, but I will be me uh, as much as I can. Uh, Liza.
1: Chase, I completely agree with you. Thank you. When I read this question, all I thought was, oh, work self, this makes me cringe so much. And it honestly reminds me of when I first started working and I I still really didn't know who I was and I didn't know how to act with you know people that I was working with and I actually had a manager at the time that um, he told me he said you know I really feel like you should act this way and you should dress this way and I remember driving away that day thinking this does not sit right with me I really like who I am. I've always been myself. I've always been my true self. It's something that my parents always like joked about, like, Eliza oh, knows everybody. Liza talks to everybody. And like, I was just always myself to have someone tell me to be different just was really not, for me, I was like, I, I don't think I'm gonna work here anymore. And I didn't, <laughs> I left, I was like, I'm done with this. I, I don't wanna do it. It's, um, you know, it's interesting to think about how exhausting it is to, to be someone else, to put on a different persona. It's almost like compartmentalizing. And there's a time and a place for compartmentalizing. Um, but when you're working with people and you're interacting with people, that's not the time to do it. It's not healthy to do it then, because then you're going to start doing projects or things or, or saying yes or no to things that you don't like because you've really lost what matters to you most.
2: Hey, Liza, can I ask you a quick question? I you you prompted something in my brain. So you have you're you're the director of, of human operations, right? You, over HR. How do you combat like a a company's or even an employee's impression of what HR should be versus like what you define HR and, and how your interactions go? Like how do you navigate that?
1: I really like get inspiration from larger companies that I had worked at and the interactions of HR that I had there. For example, I was trying to change a role at a company that I used to work at and they had a giant siloed HR department and they wouldn't change a title. And I just thought this is Craziness, And I will never operate that way. I also felt like there, you know, when I talk about putting the human back in human resources, I really mean that, that there is a really important human element to the work that I do. And I need to make sure that my employees realize that. I'm a real person. They're a real person. And they deserve that one-on-one attention and time. And my team knows that the most important thing is our, are our employees. Employees, and we need to treat them with respect, and make sure that they're really, truly being engaged, and feel like when they have an issue or they need help with benefits, it doesn't matter what it is that we're there to support them, and we never push them off. And so, I really, it is important for me um, to never be that that womp womp HR. You know, Chase and I joke about this sometimes that he gets to do the fun HR, and I have the the, the boring stuff, but you know what? With the boring stuff, there's a lot of complexity to it, but there's a lot of human element that needs to be weaved into it to make sure that people feel supported. And that's what my function is, is, is support. And so Chase, thank you for asking that. I um, he knows I'm very, very passionate about helping people. So <laughs>
2: I you, I the reason I brought that up is because like, I, you know, when you can look at me and just know that I'm a bit different. So I feel like I, if someone says, come into my company, Chase, they're accepting me the, the way that I am, because again, I am, you visually, you, you can see I'm a little bit different, but I, I, you know, when you were talking about that part before, I, I just, I kept wondering like, well, how does someone on the face of it, like, how do you still maintain your authenticity in this? Um, uh, when, you know, going into an interview, you, people would have a certain expectation that would be very different for me. Um, and, and so thank you for sharing that. I, I you know, I, I just thought, I just thought of that and I'm surprised we haven't talked about it uh, sooner, but all right, I digress. <laughs>
1: We could talk all day, I, we'll have, you'll have to mute us at some point. <laughs> no, come on, this is a great chat and honestly,
0: y'all are doing a lot of the work for me where I normally have to like kind of bring this conversation out of people and this is awesome. So thank you, thank you for that. It's much more, um, you know, much more uh, dynamic for our, 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 our audience at home. Um, all right, so before we move on from this topic, because I absolutely love um, Chase, I love that, that uh, differentiation between your identity and these personas, right? So before we jump onto another like area or move to the next question, um, I just want to talk for a minute about how, if if you think that that um, sort of maybe takes care of this next facet of it, um, where people sometimes have the idea that you have to code switch um, versus bringing your full authentic self to work. Now I love where Chase was coming mm-hmm. from by saying like it's you want to it's where you highlight different aspects of your personality or different aspects of your identity without becoming a character or a caricature of yourself. Um, so would you say that something like you know, behavior like code switching really um, you know, plays a part in this? Or do you think that it's something that maybe shouldn't play a part in this even though it currently does?
2: I mean, I so I wish that it didn't. So we 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 had a conversation about this at Olive uh, during Black History Month. We had a panel of our employees talk about code switching, our, our black employees, and you know it was the first time that I had had that conversation with other people um, because I think it's something that we all know existed, but up until a few years ago, I had, I I didn't know the name for it, right? Um, I, I, it might, it might be a bit of code switching. Um, uh, so for folks who, who don't know, code switching is changing, um, you know, it could be changing a few things, the way that you speak, the way that you present yourself, the way that you work, um, especially when you're a minority, so that you can fit in the majority of your company. So if I'm the only Black employee that works for my company, I might code switch to make my uh, uh, white colleagues uh, uh, feel uh, a bit more comfortable with me being there uh, in exchange for uh, a safety, and that's more psychological safety, right? But even that is tiring, right? Um, uh, When we code switch, um, often that goes into that can start moving into that character zone because you are again not being authentic. You're not making small tweaks, those are usually more overt tweaks uh, and, and probably moving to complete changes. So, how do we stop code switching? I think first thing is to identify where you code switch, right? What's the difference between being professional because we don't all work at startups, right? So uh, you know, I tell my colleagues I curse a lot and we'll usually do that. I'm resisting on this call. Um, uh, but but how do you know? What are we code switching? A- am I just you know taking out the cursing out of my language? That's not a big deal. Or am I ch- uh, changing that I the way that I speak altogether? Right? Am I uh, you know am I dressing completely different when I come to work um, uh, to be acceptable, or am I doing it to fit in? So you know, I think first off, getting to the root of of it are are you code switching? Or are you creating a persona for yourself? And if you're code switching, ask yourself the reason why. What am I afraid of? If I were to bring my authentic self to work, um, uh, what is the worst thing that I can imagine would happen? And then you know, after I've d- identified those, I would say, is there any evidence for that to be true? And if the answer is no, then stop, right? because you're not doing yourself or your employer any good by bringing someone to work who you are not. And that might, you know, when I say gather evidence, that might not be uh, uh, something as simple as like, okay, let me analyze the situation and then know, it might be talking to people, right? Um, uh, it might be talking to other people who are like you, whether they are, are women, or if they are an minor, uh, ethnic minority of some kind, um, and, and seeing how other people feel. Are there other folks in the organization itself uh, uh, who are also code switching? And then there's a conversation as to why. I think a lot of reasons why we do this is because we feel very alone Uh, uh, when when we are minorities. And so often having other minorities there to support you can help us get out of the fashion of code switching. But I do hope at some point we can stop doing it because it does take a lot of our energy uh, and it takes a lot of work. And, And this is kind of my last point, it does something to you psychologically. You know, one of the big reasons why I said I will never work for a company. This is so this isn't it's I was going to say it's lame, but it's not. I'm trying to get out of the habit of saying that. I said, I'm never going to work for a company that makes me take out of my take out my facial piercings. Right. Now, that's not really a big deal, but it, it tells me who that company is. And the reason is because when I started at my first startup, the reason why I have not left the startup space is because I could be my authentic self. And I found that I could do really, really good work. In fact, better work when I'm in this position, where I can be who I am, and I've got a company who is less worried about how I look or how I speak, Uh, they do let me curse in front of our employees here at Olive, Um, I find that I just do really, really good work that way. Um, And and, and so, you know, for me, I can't go back to not being my authentic self. Uh, uh, And I don't want to go back to code switching. Um, uh, It's just, it's something that I can't do. And I, and I hope that you know, I, I didn't get that out of college. I had to work a career, a few years in, in other roles to get to this space. But, you know, it's something that I hope that at some point we can all move away from and we can be ourselves. Because again, that is our strength. Uh, that is our strength uh, uh, for us as individuals. And that should be a strength to our organizations.
1: Yeah. Chase, it's hard to follow that. I, I think a couple of things to, to note that I'm fully in agreement with is it is exhausting to do that and you're not going to be able to do your best work you're not going to have the clarity that you would have that you know when you're when you're at home and you're in your sweatpants and you're just kind of looking around online and that's for me when I feel my best you know I don't feel like any pressure from anybody or even myself and that's when I have these moments of clarity and that's the other thing that I think People don't realize is like this isn't stuff that like just happens overnight. It really does take time. It takes experience. It takes being able to really have self-reflection. And it's hard to do that. It really is hard to do that. You know, Chase talked about kind of analyzing things. You do have to do that. And you have to find your way to do it too. It's not journaling for everybody. It's not, you know, talking to yourself or whatever it is. It's it's different for everybody. So, you know, figure out what that is for you to be able to analyze. And then, you know, you really will find a place where you can just be yourself and be authentic.
0: Yeah, thank you for both for those wonderfully well thought out answers. And Chase, I feel where you're coming from, um, especially when you say like, when you talk about like the facial piercings, because I feel like, so the, co- the idea of code switching, I feel personally is not, it's, it's something that's experienced a lot more heavily by either the African-American community, um, sometimes by um, just BIPOC in general, like, you know, Asian um, employees sometimes, a lot of times feel the need to Use um, American, you know, Americanized names or Westernized names, as opposed to they're, you know, they're given um, names either from their culture or from their country. So it's one of those things where, personally, like, yes, I think many different groups can feel that that need to somewhat code switch. But Chase brought up a good point with the facial piercings because, like, you know, I have purple hair. To a certain extent, I also don't want to take a job that's going to ask me to dye my hair back to a natural color. Um, whether it's, you know, my natural or somebody else's, but, you know, I don't want to put myself in that position. Now, I am also from a a privileged and resourced enough position that I don't have to make that choice, but there might be other people that don't have the luxury of that choice. And personally, I think that the difference, and maybe y'all will disagree with me, but I think the difference there is in something that's like a surface level choice that you make, you know, like how you wear your hair or what clothes you wear or something like that, versus something like you know, your vernacular or um, maybe your accent if you're like from the deep South and you like, you know I talk, you hear about um, Stephen Colbert, how he, he uh, intentionally made sure he lost his accent because he only saw Southerners on television depicted as being stupid. So it's one of those things where if it's something that's like ingrained in you through, through your culture or through your upbringing, um, you know, that's less something that's a choice necessarily. Um, that's not to say that it's any less valuable to who you are as a person, but everybody kind of has to make those choices of is this a hill I wanna die on or is this something that's really inappropriate for them to be asking me to change? Um, can, I, so-
2: can, I, yeah. can I add to that? So you're like 100% right on that, right? Like I I always say, you know, um, it, it does something to you and it, it, it says that you're not worthy in some way. I don't I don't care if a company wants me to take out my facial piercings. That, that's not actually a huge deal. Um, it, it is something greater than that. It is about your self-worth, right? I would hate that someone feels like they have to speak a certain way if they've got an accent or anything like that um, because they need to fit in. There is this great, okay, so we're gonna go on a story super quick, but I swear it won't be too long. I remember seeing the, the, the movie Milk, right? So Milk is, um, he was a, a, a politician in, in San Francisco, I think in the 60s or the 70s, um, openly gay man. And uh, I saw the movie, that was the first time that I had ever heard of Harvey Milk. And I remember there was this scene, um, and they were like, how do we get more people to start, uh, uh, to, 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 to like take to, to not be afraid of gay people, right? How do we do this? And the response was, you have to come out, right? They need to see that gay people, gays, lesbians, transgender folks, they have to see that we are their neighbors, that we are, that they work with us every single day and all that stuff, right? And to me, it was like, yes, yes. The only way that we start accepting certain things is if we come out, right? And so nowadays we're seeing a lot of coming out as far as mental illness goes, right? It used to be back back in my day that if someone had depression or a mental illness, they were sick, that people were nervous to be around them. But we don't treat folks who have other kinds of illnesses, physical illnesses that way, we embrace them. What it took for us to start accepting those folks is to is for folks to start coming out and saying, I have depression, I have bipolar disorder. And all of a sudden, we are not having those conversations as much anymore. We still have a long way to go, right? And so when we talk about being ourselves at work, sometimes it means coming out, not in like the ways that I just described, but if you come to work with a Southern accent, well, proudly display that right because we need more folks to 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 be you know capable and be awesome and also have that southern accent right yeah to demonstrate that yeah because otherwise we stay with with what people expect and it makes it just so much harder all right i will shut up
1: oh chase that is like so beautifully said and it just it kind of makes me laugh i i I see one of my newest employees on the call and when he was interviewing he's wearing a button-up shirt And he joked that he was wearing a button-up shirt. And I said, Well, I was just wearing a hat and we both laughed. He took off his button-up shirt, he put on a t-shirt, and I put on my hat. And it just, I told him I was like, This is how I want to be. I want to be able to just feel comfortable that you don't necessarily want to be all dressed up, and I don't either. And you know, I know that's not in in the depth that we're talking about, but just being able to do little things like that and show my team that like I wear a hat. I don't care (laughs) where it
0: starts though. It's important to be, to to do it in, you know, even if it's, if you're only breaking it down by increments, it's so important. Chase, I was feeling so hard what you said. Um, so like I have also had, especially in the last year and a half, a lot of like mental illness, um, like struggles and like new developments and new diagnoses. And I personally don't have a problem talking about, well, you know, I have to go to therapy at three, so I can't make that meeting, but I can meet you later. And especially probably because I'm still kind of new at this. Like I'm only like like eight or nine months diagnosed, but I don't have a problem with saying like, oh yeah, and I have bipolar disorder and this is something that I live with because A, I just don't have a lot of problems with it. A lot of, you know, some people don't, don't really feel comfortable or don't feel like they want to share that with other people. Um, and so if I have the ability to do this, then absolutely I will. If only so that I can try and help out those other people that maybe don't want to have these conversations, but could definitely benefit from the lack of stigma. I mean, I remember when I was in in therapy in high school, my parents made a point to tell me they were paying for it with cash so that it would never be on my health records, so it would never like come back to haunt me or something. Oh wow! Um, Yeah, it was wild. I was in like like uh, freshman or or sophomore year, and I remember thinking like that could hurt me later on how, but like at the time that was a very that was a prevailing theory a prevailing you know um worry amongst you know everybody um okay so as we go into this this has been a great topic for us but i do want to make sure we kind of touch on this facet of it um so if you are you know bringing your authentic self and being open about who you are and and trying to be strong in that how do you then deal with an insensitive comment about even if, it's, even if it's not something about so, even if it's not regarding something you're sensitive about, how do you how do you deal with like people that are insensitive to um, you know some some basis or some aspect of either your persona, your identity, any of those kinds of things?
2: You know, Liza, you want me to go first? Yeah, you go. I am a punk, right? You do piercings and tattoos. No. Um, here's the thing. Uh, That that actually has something to do with it. Uh, I am a punk. Um, And so there is a, you know, what is it? I-D-G-F. Yeah, something like that. You all get what I'm saying. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, So when I went to college, uh, this was, I was in college from 2003 to 2007. And I can't tell you how many many times uh, someone thought it would be, uh, one of my white uh, uh, students uh, thought it was okay to use the N-word. Uh, in front of me and directed to me, right? And so it is very easy for me to get very angry and to uh, lash out, right? But then I thought about it. And the first thing I asked myself was, did they mean this maliciously? And the answer was obviously no, they were my friends. So then the second thing was, did they have enough education to know that this was not cool? And the answer was no, because the only Black people that they had interacted with were on MTV. And a lot of rappers use that language, right? So what I thought it was, was a great opportunity for an educational moment. I very firmly, uh, this is of course different because usually in the workplace, we don't see overt things like that. We see microaggressions or small problems. But I saw this as a great opportunity to educate them on why they should never use that word in my presence again. And that if they did, um, this would be a friendship that would no longer exist and a lot of them were really, really apologetic. I don't think that there was ever a moment where uh, someone pushed back on me for that, right? And so in the workplace, um, I got a bit of advice that I think is super helpful. Um, uh, now, this, diff- this is different depending on if you are in a position of power or not. Um, this was with a colleague. Um, I just frankly told them like, hey, I know you didn't mean anything by that, but uh, this is the problem with the statement that you just said. Here is is some background information. I didn't go into a PowerPoint presentation, but I did give them a quick lesson in what the issue was and why it bothered me. Um, Now, if that happens, I think if you feel comfortable, and we have to watch this because the blanket statement that I would say is if this bothers you, talk to the person about it. But if If it's someone in power and you don't feel comfortable addressing it um, uh, directly, which I hope, I hope, I hope you do in anywhere you work, but if you don't, that is why human operations or human resources is there. You don't have to open up a huge report or anything, but you can get advice from them. Uh, You can also go to your manager and ask for advice. How should I handle this situation? This is what was said to me. um, And this is how it made me feel. And this is why it's an issue. What do you think I should do? Sometimes HR can step in, right? Usually you ain't the first person that that person said that thing to. And so you are sometimes anonymous in that space. But if you're not, sometimes your human operations or human resources team can give you some ammo to be able to address it. But sometimes it does have to go to a bigger, uh, 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 we have to find a bigger solution to that. It might be training, it might be actually reprimanding that employee. And that's scary. And I know it's scary um, because you don't want that to be placed on you. But I often think about how often we don't correct language or issues like this. And it goes on to affect employees uh, as time goes on, right? Other people. Now, this is the last thing you might be in a space where you just don't feel comfortable saying it and you go to all those resources and they don't help you. That should tell you something about the organization that you work for. And I know that we all don't get to pick where we work and we all don't get to pick our jobs, but that should give you a goal to get uh, uh, to a company that does respect you and does respect your place in the world and would not allow something like that. So if you can't quit immediately, that's okay. You work in the boundaries and the parameters that you can. But now you have a goal to get out of there as quickly as you can and find a place that respects you.
1: Really well put, Chase. Uh, One thing that I want to reiterate to women is that when you come forward to talk to your HR department, you should feel a sense of empowerment. You should not feel scared. You should feel really proud of yourself that you're speaking your truth and you're coming forward asking for assistance or whatever it is that you need. And kind of like Chase said, if you are not getting that from you know, your manager or from your, your HR department, then it may not be the place for you. And, that, and you have to be okay with that sometimes that it's not always going to work out. Um, I handle situations very similar to how Chase has talked through his is that if I'm comfortable enough, I will talk to that person one on one and communicate why this bothered me what impact it has and in the future I would appreciate a different type of interaction. And you have to be firm about it it's hard to do that um when i have those types of conversations i'm not even joking i practice a million times i'm i'm in the shower i'm like here's what i'm gonna say you know i'm getting all fired up and and ready to have that conversation but that's another thing that's really important is know what you want to say before you say it and be really clear about what you're trying to say and sometimes people won't take that. They won't listen to you. And that's when you need to probably go a little bit bigger and get more people involved. Um, One last thing I'll say is that I have a lot of people. I'm a a talker. I love to to talk. I mean, Chase and I already talked an hour this morning and we're not done, you know? Um, And it's good to have people that you really trust to go to with these types of situations. Find those mentors, find those coaches, find those work best friends or your best friends and talk to them about these situations. And Have them help you, have them guide you. It's been invaluable for me to have those types of people in my life. And I just, I can't stress that enough, is whether it's, you know, someone that you've known for 30 days or someone that you've known for years, there's people out there that they do really care about you and really want to see you be successful and they can help with these types of situations. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And
0: Chase, you made a very good point that, you know, if you, it's, it's important to consider that person, where that person's coming from, you know, are they your friend? Are they somebody that, ha- like you said, like kind of deserves that benefit of the doubt? Um, I feel like a lot of times when people in, um, in, uh, experience these things, um, I mean, I've, I've had it done to me where I went into a meeting and being the purchaser for this entire company, was, it was assumed that I was the secretary. And so people just gave me their coffee order and were not particularly polite about it. And so there's been times where the you may not want to be confrontational necessarily, but you can't really let that moment go by because it's going to set the tone for how you are able to participate in the rest of that interaction. So personally, I've found a couple different options to do it. My mom calls it painting people into the nice corner where you start off saying, oh, so and so, I'm sure you didn't think that I was a secretary. You know, we actually have somebody that can go get coffee for you, or there's a coffee table right outside if you'd like to go make yourself something. Or I'm sure you didn't mean to undercut me in that pres- You know, in that part, um, especially if it's like a kind of an insulting, you know, thing. I've led with, um, you know, I'm sure you didn't mean to be kind of pejorative towards myself or the rest of the of the you know um, the women leaders at today's event. know, could you explain to me what you meant by that?" And so you give them, you you kind of paint them into, I'm sure you didn't mean exactly how I interpreted this, but you give them that opportunity to maybe walk it back. And if they don't want to walk it back, then they're firmly stepping into jerk territory. Um, The other thing that I found is really nice, especially when you can kind of tell that this person is not going to like go quietly or not like really push back about this. Um, One of my favorites is to just say, is there a reason you felt comfortable saying that around me? Or is there, you know, why, why would you say that to me exactly? Um, and it either it wor- it's worked well for pretty like inappropriate comments or inappropriate jokes in certain situations. Um, Cause it sort of delivers nicely that idea of like, I'm not okay with that. Why do you think I'm okay with that? You know, are, do, are you really understanding who your audience is? I'm I am stealing
2: that, that. I I'm know. stealing That's it.
0: That's going in the olive tool. I love it. <laughs> a bunch of different situations because i'm not like I, I i i'm the person that like when you have that that confrontation 45 minutes or eight days later i'll like be like that's what i should have said oh that was a perfect <laughs> comeback but i don't think of it in the moment and it kills me but it's a lot it's more multi-purpose of like what you know it, I mean, it works in all kinds of situations like why would you ask that like you know you can you can put it back on the person and take a little bit more attitude and make it a little more confrontational or you can lead from like a purely like curious, like, why would you say that? Like, why, you know, it kind of gives you a moment to think and puts it back on that person to be like, really re-investigate or uh, re-examine what they said. Um, Okay, so I know we only have about eight minutes left. Um, The one thing I did want to talk about that we've kind of tiptoed around a little bit, what if you don't want to talk about some of these things? If you don't want to talk about your family, your religion, culture, politics, um, you know, I feel like at least, especially with the politics one, I don't have a great like. I don't have great advice for that. Given like, a lot of my own personal politics is very much supported and represented in my company and what I do for a living. Um, but how do you how do you how do you like you know kind of deal with this if either if it's a you know a professional liability or just it's a personal choice you don't want to talk about this?
2: I'm gonna let you go first, Liza. <laughs>
1: Um, for the, I thought about this. And, you know, for me, there are topics that I don't want to talk about. And, you know, religion, politics, different things like that. There are some things that I don't want to share with all people. Um, that's not being inauthentic by any means. That is putting up boundaries. And that's okay to do that, I, I personally think. The way that i navigate this is that i um love hearing about other people so i will typically flip the conversation around and that's the best way that i've navigated this is you know i know we've talked about x before and i'm like well how's this going for you and just kind of really change the conversation and at a certain point most people not all people will pick up on the fact that i've asked about that a couple of times And now I'm realizing that Liza's never really talked to me about that and it kind of starts to wait like come down. Um, It doesn't work all the time so I think again just kind of owning your you know what you feel comfortable sharing and just say you know what I don't really like to talk about that kind of stuff but I love to talk about this and that's how I navigate those types of situations. Chase I'm curious your opinion here.
2: First off I love talking about all of these subjects at work um, uh, but it is because I am just naturally curious, and so usually I want to know what people's thoughts are, not because I want to attack them or anything. But Liza, I like those. That is legit the tactic, right? Um, I, I if if there's a subject that I don't want to talk about, um, usually I'll flip the question around um, because I'm curious about the individual on the other side. But you know, there there comes a point where you kind of just, you just need to vocalize it, right? Um, this, you know, and not in a, not in a depressing way, like, you know, Liza asks me about, you know, religion, and I'm just like, you know, and I try to deflect her, and then, you know, she asks me again, I'm like, Liza, listen, you and I, we could talk about a lot of stuff, but we ain't talking about religion, all right? So let's talk, let's talk about your love for golf or something, and I can play around, you know, and and act, you know, really not treat it with a lot of gravity while also redirecting it. Because I do care about, like, if Liza's engaging me and she wants to talk about religion, you know, it's not because she's being a jerk. She honestly wants to engage in me. And I don't want her to never engage with me again. I just don't want to do it on this particular topic. So I'm going to use a light way to redirect her um, uh, so that she gets the point. But there's also no pressure on her to feel bad or anything. And then we can go and talk about her golfing. Uh, That's what I I would recommend is like you try to try to do what Liza says and just say like, oh, yeah, let's talk about something else. But if they keep bringing it up, you know, no pressure, but let's talk about something. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, that reminds me. I wanted to make sure we talked about such and such. And even if it doesn't relate at all, Mm -hmm. generally people don't question you on your transitions. They will, they'll be like, oh yeah. And they'll kind of switch to the next topic. So yeah, that's a really, I love that idea of redirecting as opposed to maybe like stonewalling or confronting the person on it. Um, that's so great. Liza, anything you had to add?
1: No, Chase just He's the best to talk to. And so if he tried to avoid a topic with me, we'd have some serious words. I'm <laughs> just kidding.
2: <laughs> well, I will say this is my tactic with interviewing, especially as candidates uh, try to get into their personal lives. So there is a long list of questions that we as interviewers cannot ask the the, the client or the, the candidate, I should say. Um, but remember, candidates could also bring up topics that are no-no questions and so what do we do the the now I'm going to start calling it the Liza redirect right so uh you know hey Liza tell me about you know tell me about yourself well you know I love serving in my church and in my head I'm thinking oh nope that's a no-no question we we got to redirect so my response to her is like oh Liza you know what we've only got like 30 minutes to talk and I want to make sure that we focus on work so take me through your career right not an awkward way to transition. It tells us, hey, this thing, this other thing is important. It's not that I don't care about that. But really, I can't talk about that. It's not that I don't care about it. It's just that we have a finite time to talk about this really, really important thing. And it can work. So the Liza redirect. There we go.
0: I love that. All right, so we only have three minutes left. These these chat sessions always go too quickly. Um, so unfortunately, we weren't able to get to so many great questions today, but I have shared a couple links in the chat where you can connect with um, our guests on LinkedIn in case you have, um, you know, wanted to, to pose a question directly to either Chase or Liza or both. Um, so before we go, I want to talk to both of you about um, Olive and the positions you're hiring for, the areas you're looking to fill. So um, let's talk a little bit about one of my favorite ways to, to cover this is two parts. Um, what is your favorite part about working at Olive? And do you have any tips for somebody who's interested in applying? So Eliza, do we wanna start with you? Chase, you go.
2: <laughs> All right, uh, what's my favorite part about working for Olive? Um, you know, Olive is Olive's mentality on things is like, let's try to do things different than the way that they should be done. And that's my favorite thing. That's one of the reasons I work in startups is because um, you don't have to follow the way that things were always done. Um, And I particularly love this about my manager is I, I describe it as he allows me to play. He allows me to experiment and he doesn't punish me when things don't go well. Because what I try to do is say, here's this weird wacky thing I wanna do, but this is the outcome that I think we will have. Let me take you through my my thinking. Um, And that gives him the opportunity to say, you know, that might not work or or let's give it a shot. But I I love that I get to play and and experiment um, because you just don't find that in some other companies. And, you know, if I had to give a tip to someone who's interested in applying, um, first off, um, you know, bring your authentic self, you know, still respect the interview process. That's one thing I always say, because the thing that will get you kicked out of an interview is being like too friendly. There is the process you want to respect it, but bring your authentic self, right? And, And then the second thing is remember that interviewing is not just the company vetting you, you are also vetting the company. So before you come to any interview, think about the the top things that are important and make sure that you ask As many times as you can, um, uh, uh, you can ask questions that will give you a response. So if uh, uh, if uh, uh, culture is important to you, come up with some stabbing culture questions and see how different people at different levels respond uh, and make sure that this is the company or any company is the right one for you.
1: Love it, Chase. See, he should always go first and then I'll just. (laughs) just layer on. Um, everything you said about our manager is hundred percent true I absolutely love that um, but more broadly um, I love our employees um, so much they're so passionate about the work that they do they're so intelligent I mean every time I talk to a different employee I'm like oh don't get imposter syndrome <laughs> because they're so great I mean they they really are and they they do amazing things and they do it quick too Um, You know, tips for someone interested in applying. Um, I think everything that Chase said is really, really great. And I think that, you know, just looking for a role that you feel like you're going to be a great fit in and just applying for that. And, you know, of course, if you want to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to provide more detail on on what that means. Um, Shameless plug. I wanted to say that we have doubled in size in 2020. We're looking to double in size again this year. Um, which is insane, my head's gonna blow up um, from excitement. Um, but we actually have over 90 roles posted right now. Um, we are fully distributed and um, we're really, really excited to bring on more um, employees and just you know more diverse employees, more throughout the United States. So I really, really encourage um, everyone on the call to take a look at the roles that we have posted and apply.
2: Excellent.
0: All right. So I know we are at time. Um, I just want to extend a huge thank you, um, both to Liza as well as Chase. Thank you both so much. Um, This was a wonderful conversation. Um, It was absolutely amazing. So thank you both for that. Um, And a huge thank you to our attendees, everybody that submitted questions, these great questions before today's session. It was so, so helpful um, in kind of sparking this amazing dialogue um, with Liza and Chase. So thank you all so much. Um, hopefully we'll have you back soon because this was really, really great. And I know we didn't get to cover as much uh, information and questions as we would have liked to. Um, but for everybody that's at home, um, you know take a look at some of the links that I posted. Um, Olive is hiring, so make sure you check out their page on powertofly.com. Um, you can apply through Power to Fly, which doesn't do anything negative for you. If anything, it's better um, because it will ensure that um, a Power to Fly employee follows up with Olive to make sure that you know, in this imperfect world where imperfect people are operating, imperfect systems designed by people, um, there are cracks and you know, we just wanna make sure that, that everything keeps going smoothly. So definitely take advantage of that um, if the role that you want to apply for is listed on Power to Fly. It's, it's not gonna hurt you at all. Um, Hopefully we'll see many more of you joining us on future chats. I also put in links um, for where you can uh, sign up for our upcoming diversity reboot summit. Um, the next one is focusing on, el- on elevating black women um, as well as um, where you can check out some of our upcoming chats. Um, they're always free and we wanna make sure that y'all take advantage of all the, uh, the resources that we have to offer. So definitely check that out and I will see many more of you in the days to come. Bye everybody.